What's good, y'all? Thank y'all for tuning in to another episode. Can you episode. please lean into the mic? Why are you yelling at me? E- every week, people can't hear you because you you want to sit back. First of all, don't talk to me. I'm gonna talk to you however I want to talk to you. Okay, we should start this podcast over. Are you sure? Think, I'm think, not starting it over because it's on my computer. I'm think, gonna do what I want. I think you're getting outside of yourself. Outside and, of myself. Yes. And I'm, I, I'm definitely inside of myself. First of all, this is what you're doing. You're yapping. This is what I want you to do. What I need you to Why do is still get closer to the mic. They still can't even hear you. How you know? Because you, I know. Are you in their heads? No. Are you God? No. No. But I'm his. Hello? Whatever, dog. You, you tripping, man. So y'all was confused. Y'all was scared. Y'all thought we was fighting for real. Y'all was going to call 911 on me. Y'all was real concerned. <laughs> <laughs> This is the thing. Uh, what what are we talking about today? How to argue well. Yeah, we just wanted to play with y'all head. Because uh, <laughs> that's how some of y'all saints be arguing at y'all house. <laughs> I don't know what you talking about. You 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 ain't washing no dishes. You ain't doing nothing. First of all, you going to respect me. I ain't going to respect nobody. You ain't even my daddy. First I don't all. even know my daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Why you sound like that? Because <laughs> you know uh, hood girls say daddy. Daddy. That's how y'all say it in Chicago. Daddy. Daddy. Yeah, we do. So, man, this uh, episode is about how uh, you argue or how we can argue well. And uh, me and Jackie, we have been on a journey with one another um, about how to to respect one another and how we come to learn one another. And, yeah, we felt like this would be a good topic for us to touch on. Um, just want to first start off with a story. When I first um, married Jackie, it was very hard. I want to say... Uh, for the first year of our marriage, it was very difficult because um, we didn't like each other that much. Uh, It was hard for us to want to come home to one another because we were so just at at odds with one another and nitpicky. And uh, one of the things that God had to show me early on is that I didn't know how to love Jackie. And because I didn't know how to love Jackie, arguments always were started because of that. So let me, let me, let me, let me, uh, tell y'all what he used to do and so Preston is a verbal communicator okay and so and he's a if you know anything about Enneagrams he's a type eight so that means he's a challenger so when he sees something that needs to be addressed he addresses it that's why he's an apologist as well god bless you um but one of the things that he did all the time was that he always like anything that was going wrong anything that i did any sin that he saw just it was always jackie can we talk jackie can we talk jackie can we talk and it just got exhausting because it's just like why every day we got to have some deep conversation about what's going wrong in this freaking relationship like can we not just like go to to olive garden because that's when i ate at chain restaurants can we just go to <laughs> olive garden and just just eat the the bread and be quiet yeah but go ahead the lord the lord helped you. it felt it seemed like you was having a flashback i was it was really stressful it was stressful for me too and i think that's why we have this conversation because I think it would be helpful for people. And the reason why I felt like I had to always, um, you know, come to you with um, your issues is because I felt this pressure to fix our marriage. But the deep thing was God had to show me that I only saw that you were the person who needed the fixing. And I, God showed me that um, that I needed a lot of humility 
right? Mm-hmm. Because you were such an internal processor and I was a verbal processor that I felt like the way I processed things was how to fix us. Mm-hmm. And I didn't understand you, nor did I want to learn to like grow to understand you. Can I ask you a question right there? Yeah. Like how 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 did how did your perceptions of yourself and your perception of us inform how you communicated? Because really, the the whole issue of how to argue well is an issue of how to communicate better. Right. You know. And so how how did that? Yeah. Why did we argue because of however you saw yourself? Yeah, I think what God ultimately had to show me is that I became more of a Pharisee to you than Christ. That in our relationship, like, I always wanted to to call out your sin, to call out your faults, because I wanted to fix you for, for me, not fix you so you can be better for him. And it was very, I was very self-centered in that. It was, it was like, you know, she's not responding how I want her to respond. Let me bring up her sin um, to try to make her see my point of view, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, and I and because of that, it was impossible for me to learn how you how you process things. I took how you process things as pride. Oh, she doesn't want to talk because it's pride. Mm-hmm. No, like in actuality, you don't want to talk right now because you're still trying to process what just happened. And you know, my 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 own arrogance and pride didn't allow me to see that. So because of that, it was like, man, like I didn't intentionally try to become like a Pharisee who just, you know, point out your sin and mm-hmm. and nitpick at everything you did. But ultimately that's what I did. And what God had to ultimately show me was that he doesn't love us like that. Right? He loves us how he knows us. He knows us intimately. So he knows how he of course, because he made us. Um and I'm not God, but God had to show me ultimately that I had to to know you better and to serve you better and to love you better and um, not just be in my own head and mind and emotions yeah. and feelings. Yeah, I think it's helpful that you began with that story just because I think people uh, can assume that arguing, like to argue well or to communicate better is first and foremost a speech issue. Yeah. Um, but really, it's a heart issue and, a, and an identity issue. And I think what you're getting at is that the way you were communicating and talking to me was coming out of a ph- pharisaical view of yourself um, and a graceless understanding of how you are to lead in humility. You yeah. know, and I think when you were able to identify the reason why you spoke the way you spoke and the the uh, intensity with which you spoke was first and foremost in your heart. When you identified that, then it you changed. You know, it isn't that you had to change your words per se. Like, I'm just going to speak nicer. Is that why don't I speak nice? Hmm. You know, I think asking those kinds of questions is real helpful for me. Like the, the thing about me and Preston, like when we when we argue, it, it's rarely loud. Um we don't because people have i don't know if you saw have seen that on instagram like when we did the fall poem and people will ask like do y'all argue in poetry i've seen that question yeah we don't but i do think that because we are both um gifted when it comes to communication yeah um the way we argue even if it doesn't get loud it can still be very bad (laughs) (laughs) very sharp yeah because we're we're quick with words precise in our language you know i can be very condescending um and so i can i I can hear preston say a sentence and already identify the error in the sentence or the way he said it or the grammatical uh problem (laughs) with it and i'll point it out just to be petty you know um and so i think that's one of the 
problematic ways. You know what? Are. Yeah, and I, I really don't like when you do that. I'm uh, sorry. But we're not going to start an argument. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> then we'll have to pause and pray. <laughs> but uh, I just realized that I don't think we've ever yelled at one another. Have we? And this, I don't know. We're not. But it's not. It's not holiness. It's yeah. that we're not yellers. Yeah, I, I, you don't even yell in none of your poems. Absolutely, and I'm not saying that it's trying to sound Jesus, holy. Jesus, Jesus, because is I God. think Jesus is God. Jesus is God. I, I, I'm louder than that, first of all, <laughs> but because I, I think I think the way we argue and the way we communicate to one another when we got our flesh is just as sinful as yelling. Yeah, right. But I just it it was just weird to me that I just I just kind of realized that like yeah. I, I never realized it. Like we we're not yellers. Jackie, I'm just curious to know what what did God teach you in that season when we first got married? Because He t- showed me that I was a Pharisee. Yeah. What did He show you? Yeah, I, I think uh, because when you when you would come to me, uh, it wouldn't even be an argument. It would just be me shutting down um, because I just that's just how I am. It just was emotionally um, and mentally exhausting to the point where I just chose not to engage. But I think um, when you start to chill out. Uh, one thing that happened <laughs> is that uh, there was a time I don't know if you remember this that our we couldn't pay our cable bill and so this yeah. is was Eden here I think we were pregnant I was pregnant yeah, yeah you were, I was you pregnant were. with Eden and we couldn't pay our cable bill and so it went out and it was out for maybe I don't know a month two months three months and in that time you know when you ain't got no cable no Netflix no Hulu no ESPN no we Food Network no cooking channel no nothing and we ain't got, I ain't got no friends like that because I'm in Chicago I'm in a brand new city I, I we just had to be there and be present and it was something about us being present with each other that uh, we began to be friends again first and I began to learn your personality more because I think when you are friends before marriage you feel like you know a person but it isn't until marriage happens where you realize that you just scratched the surface of knowing who this individual is individual even you don't even fully know who you are so I can't expect that I'm gonna know it overnight and so um I, I think when I started to learn you then when we did get into heated conversations, I was less likely uh, to assume motives, mm. you know, because when I don't know you, I'm just ho- I'm just thinking the worst about you. Yeah. He's doing X, Y and Z because of this. But when I figured out, oh, no, like he's doing this because he misunderstood me or he's doing this because um, he just wants me to understand his point of view. He's not trying to attack me. Yeah. He's just really trying to under- help me understand. It's just the the way he does it is a little aggressive. I, I think when I started to figure you out a little bit more, it helped me to trust that when we're talking about heated things, um, that you still love me in the way that you're communicating to me. That's I good. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, that, 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 that makes a lot of sense. I think what you're, what you're saying is that when our cable was cut off or whatever, that God use that time to show us each other's personalities and mm-hmm. because we saw each other's personalities more and we learned each other more we were then able to not assume motives and that was good for me because i it was easy for me to assume that you were just prideful yeah because mis- um, misunderstanding i think intensifies arguments absolutely you think you know everything yeah. you doing this because da, 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 and that makes the other individual feel like first of all you don't know me like that yeah yeah <laughs> you know and, and and I think from my perspective, it was like, I think that you, because I didn't trust God in a lot of ways and because I wanted to try to control your every move, you just looked at me as this person who was just like headed all together and all it is. But really, in actuality, I was scared. Mm-hmm. I was scared as a new husband for our marriage to fall apart. So I'm I'm 
I'm in my own power and in my own strength, try to do all I can to try to control you mm-hmm. out of fear, mm-hmm. not because I just wanted to be controlling for controlling sake. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I think that when we when we did figure you know each other out in that way, we were able to just trust God more, trust each other more, and to love each other better, mm-hmm. which is dope. Yeah, I think with when it comes to uh, me as a, a introvert, uh, an internal process, I'm one of those people. I want to figure it out in my mind before I say it out loud. Yeah, that's just how I am. And that irked me because I want to make it make sense. Oh. It, it got to make sense because it's all floating, you know. And I need to put it together and then be able to see it. And then when I see it, then I can say it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. That irked me. And so I think when you, you what you start to do is say can we talk about this now if not can we can we can we commit to talking about it later yeah and i think that gave me time one to calm down because there's sometimes where i'm just mad and if i talk to you right now in this moment i'm not gonna say kind things i'm going to disrespect you really really good and so (laughs) what i need to do is they need to go be quiet think pray and then we come back together so that i'm better equipped to actually honor god and you in this time yeah and what humility had to help me to do was to allow you to have that space right you know what i'm saying do, do you think that well i don't even think this is a gender issue because i know women who are verbal processors who when their husbands are much more quiet or in their heads that it it could it could breed an insecurity you know or fear or just frustration like for somebody who is with a person who is a lot like me who is an internal processor what is going inside of your like what's going on inside of your heart that makes you irritated like what what are you mad at i think for the verbal processor I think that we we get understanding by speaking. Okay. So if we're not so if we have an issue and we're not talking it out, we're just kind of left in the dark. Okay. So you feel confused? Not confused like it can be a little bit of uh our control issues that the fact that we can't figure this out right now. Oh, impatience. And, yeah, and an impatience almost like man like I want to, especially if you are a verbal processor and you're a fixer, like mm-hmm. I'm a fixer. I want to mm-hmm. fix it right now. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I feel, I feel like it's urgent, you know, and I think, I think what God has to do with a person like myself, especially if a person like myself is with a person like you mm-hmm. is to help us to trust him in the moment. Yeah. yeah. And, and we, we trust him by understanding you more like, like this person doesn't, um, learn or um, understand things by speaking like you. Yeah. So I have to trust God that God would not allow things to fall apart mm. in this moment of silence. Yeah. Um, and that's I, good. You know, I think I think that's what I had to learn. Mm-hmm. Like, and not and to not take it personal. Yeah. Because I, I think while I was figuring it out, it became an issue of identity for you. Yeah. Where it's like you know she doesn't love me. She doesn't want to talk to me. It has nothing to do with you. It's just I have to figure this out so that I could communicate it well. But I think on the other end, for those of us who are much more introverted, um, or just in our minds, we could be super self centered and thinking I'm gonna talk when I feel like talking. Yeah. Like you're you're not gonna make me talk. Touch on that. <laughs> Touch on that. It, which which can become another argument because it's like when you come and say, can we talk now? I'm like, nah, I'm going to talk when I'm ready. And so I think 
as I think God has given us all our personalities on purpose. Sin, I think, wants to manipulate and use our personalities in a way that accommodates the flesh. But I think what God would prefer us to do, prefer me to do, is to say, okay, take your time, you know, pray, do what you have to do, but don't stay there because it's convenient and it's easy for us to stay in our head and be satisfied. Oh, I figured it out. I don't have to talk to you about it. But I think the way you love your partner, uh, your spouse, your boyfriend, your uh, fiance, whatever, how you love them is by knowing that what they need in this moment is communication. What y'all need in this moment is communication. Um, And so you just have to be willing to step out of your comfort zone and speak, even if you don't feel ready enough to speak, uh, just for the sake of peace and unity in the, in the relationship. Yeah. So what I think, what I, what I hear you saying is I think that both parties have to come to a compromise at some point. That, that yeah. the person who processes verbally should say, you know what, let me give this person, let me, because I understand this person more, understand this person better. Let me give this person time to process. And on the flip side, the person who um, is an internal process to say, you know what, I, I don't feel like speaking right now, but I'm going to speak two hours early than what I usually mm-hmm. want to speak. And I'm going to allow this person to get what he need or she needs to get out yeah. verbally. Like it's a compromise. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, relationship is it is a compromise it is a it's sacrificial you know um if if somebody was listening and they when they argue they have just a kind of intense anger where it's like they get mad mad like well let's say a man for example you have you probably got some men that their testosterone just gets a little ragey and not ragey as in violent, but ragey as in in it's just hot. Or you got some girls who out here like grabbing skillets, you know, Man, and putting skillets. putting water in them and turning the oven on and Man. promising to throw it on their face. Sounds dangerous. Very. Like, how do we encourage people who argue angrily? Is that the word? No, it's not. I think angrily is a word. Angrily? It's a word. Okay, you're trying, you're trying to argue with me. That's the spirit. <laughs> how, how, like, what do we say to people who, when they argue, it does get a bit like rage-like? Like, how do you how do you calm that down? Because that, to me, that speaks to a deeper issue. The issue is not your partner. There's there's an idol, some type of system of belief that needs to be addressed. Yeah, yeah, that's deep. I think I think when we when we find ourselves operating in that type of anger we have in some way, shape or form told ourselves that we haven't right, that we have a right to this anger Hmm. that, you know, um, that, that our sin, that our selfishness, that our issues is not as um, deep or catastrophic as the other one. And that's the reason why we feel like we have the right to get angry at somebody like Mm, that. mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, we feel like anytime somebody gets angry, angry, it's like in some way, shape or form, we have we've 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 been justified in this type of anger. Mm -hmm. And that's that's a scary place to be. Like, Mm -hmm. I think the only person who has a right to to be angry is the one who is holy and perfect Mm. and righteous and the bible tells us that we can be angry Mm -hmm. but sin not right right? so if we if we're angry and we're and we're and we're acting out of out of the anger and and yelling or grabbing skillets cursing each other cursing each other out or threatening threatening and just being really really um disrespectful in our anger we have to ask ourselves it's like man what gives us the right Mm. right Mm -hmm. are are, are we not fallen are Mm -hmm. we not are we not sinful people are we not 
uh, in need of the same grace as every single human being on this earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, because our, our, our anger has to be righteous. Mm-hmm. And in order for our anger to be righteous, we, it has to be looked out of the lens of Scripture. Mm-hmm. And the lens of Scripture tells us that we have all fallen short of the glory of God, that we all need grace, and we all need to show grace in one another yeah. in our anger. I remember, I, I I don't know if it was a book or a blog, but it was by Tim Keller, and he was talking about anger, unrighteous anger primarily. And he was saying where you are angry is where you can identify your idols. Mm. A lot of times we get angry when our idols have been messed with. And mm-hmm. so even when it came to Eden, this, this, this conversation is obviously about arguing. I don't argue with my child, but I remember I kept getting angry, angry with her just unnecessarily. And I had to sit back and ask myself, like, what is it that I think that she is getting in the way of? And it was my time, which mm. told me that time in this moment is my idol. Yeah. Because um, I feel that she is inconveniencing me. I feel that she is not allowing me to work. I feel like I have a schedule mm. to maintain and she's not she's getting in the way of that. And so because of that, I'm lashing out in protection of my idol. And so I think one of the questions that we have to ask ourselves when we're getting angry with our spouse or our our significant others, what is it that I'm trying to hold on to? Um, that, that, that for the reason that I'm getting mad in this way, you know, it's different if you just mad cause you know, you didn't ask your spouse to do something six times and they didn't do it. It's another thing when you are raging mad and it's coming out of a whole, you get them like, there's a, there's a different level to this thing. Um, yeah, that's good. Than just pure disagreement. That's good. What, what scriptures have you read or have you, God has kind of convicted you about? in this topic as far as uh, anger, as far as humility and in light of helping us not be at odds or angry with one another and arguing with one another. Yeah. I, th- I think Colossians uh, three twelve. I'm going to read it. Cause I don't know about heart. I ain't that spiritual. It says put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as lo- the Lord has forgiven you. So you must also forgive and above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Um, there's a lot there, but I think that just the act of being exhorted to put on kindness, put on meekness, put on uh, compassion for me to put on means I have the ability to do it. Yeah. And I, I think that's encouraging to know that because I have the Holy Spirit, it is possible to put on kindness when I would rather be mean. Yeah. It is possible to put on meekness when I would rather be arrogant. It is possible to put on compassion when I would rather lack mercy. Um, and so I just being encouraged that Jesus, his death and, and, and life and, and resurrection and his, the, the Holy Spirit being promised to me as a helper is an actual thing. And so I think in arguments, it can be so hard to focus on spiritual realities. It really can. Cause this person is in front of you. These dishes are in the sink. You're not listening to what I'm saying. You're getting on my nerves. You keep doing the same thing, like all of these things. But I think what that's Paul, right? Yeah. Colossians. What Paul is pushing our minds to remember in whatever circumstance is that put on these things. And when you put on those things, these little minor earthly realities don't seem as big. Yeah. And that's hard. That's really hard to do, but it's possible. That's good. 
a scripture that really helped me. And uh, if you follow me on my YouTube channel, Bo TV, you probably heard me talk about this scripture a lot, but it's Philippians 2, 5. And it talks about the humility of Jesus. And I think that in relationship with one another, we, we need to walk in Christ-like humility. And what it says is, it says, have this mind amongst yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who though being in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, being found in the likeness of man and found in human form. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. And I love the part where it says that, you know, it talks about having this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. But I love the part where it says um, that he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant. And this whole not counting equality with God a thing to be grasped, it literally means that he had equality with God to begin with, but he he was able to let his rights go in order to serve people that was beneath him or less than him, which was us. And I think in my relationship with Jackie, that God had to show me that a lot of times I feel anger because I feel like as the leader of my home, I have a right to have a conversation right now, Hmm. or I have a right to 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 for you to understand where I'm coming from or I have a right to not want to be disrespected but I think what humility does is like it 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 allows us to let these rights go in order to serve someone else Mm -hmm. right and I was able to to see the humility of Jesus and I didn't look like this I didn't look like someone who who had rights to something who had he had Jesus had every single right to to be counted equal with the father because he was also God, but he let these rights go in order to serve. And uh, I I saw in my marriage when I started to do that, when I said, you know what, I do have a right to talk right now. This is a marriage that I'm in, a relationship that I'm in, but I'm going to, I'm going to let this right go so I can serve Jackie better. And when I did that, my marriage began to change because Jackie felt more loved. Jackie felt more served, I believe. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that our communication got better. And I think that's what humility does. Humility invites people in in a way that our pride doesn't and mm-hmm. allow us to to communicate better and to love each other better. Would you So would you say that that's, I guess, in line with Ephesians 5, how a husband yes. can love their wife as Christ loved the church when yeah. it comes to communication? Yeah. And, and it goes on to say, and gave himself up for her. Yeah. Right. And I think that we see that, that Christ loved sacrificially. His love wasn't um, based on um, the love that he received. Mm. It was based on a love that he in his mind chose to do before he was loved back. Mm. And I think that if we are in a relationship with one another and we only love when we are loved, we're not loving like Christ at that point. (laughs) Like, cause Jesus like loved his church first before the church did anything. Yeah. And he served his church first before they did anything. Do you think a man needs to practice that before marriage? Absolutely. How? By loving your neighbor. Cause uh-huh. I think your spouse is your neighbor. Yeah. And if you don't love your neighbors, well, you're not probably not going to love your spouse. Well, when you get married, that's a word. Um, and I think that, um, yeah, we all have to work on selfishness and and, and dying to yeah. one another um, yeah, uh, and I, dying for one another. I've seen how I feel like we, we said this in the podcast about toxic friendships, but I think how you do relationships in general, how you do communication 
will will matter. Um, yeah. So like if I know how to work through conflict well with my friends, that I think better equips me to work through com- uh, conflict well with my husband. Yeah. Will it be the same? No. It's yeah. a, it, the, the deeper the love, I think the more intensified uh, the argument might be yeah. um, because it's so much more emotion and trust. And we got to acknowledge the fact that this is um, a spiritual world. Yeah, The devil and the enemy hates unity within marriage in particular. Yeah, um, And so if he can destroy communication, if he can destroy love and respect and mutuality within a, within a relationship, he is succeeding at blurring what uh, Jesus would like people to see, which is him, yeah. <laughs> which is his gospel. So I say all that to say, there's a different level of spiritual warfare, I think, when it comes to a marriage uh, relationship than it is is just a platonic friendship but yeah. i say all that to say as single people single women single men um how you like pay attention to how you communicate even in your day-to-day friendships or with your boss or with other people that you work with that'll give you a good sign on if you're arguing well or if you learn how to communicate it well yet that's good because i think what my relationship with you uh, before marriage in marriage show me and also counseling which we should talk about on the podcast one day soon mm-hmm. uh, is that how I function with you was a reflection of how I function with people my whole entire life. Ooh, to break that, break, break, break that down, break that like, down, break that down, break that down, break that down. Like my, my lack of, my lack of patience in our conversations. I, I treat my, my mother like that. Sometimes I treat wow. my friend like that. Sometimes I even treat some of my discipleship relationships like that. Sometimes yeah. I treat people like that. Hmm. So then when we get into a relationship with uh, our spouse or, a marriage with our, our spouse, we're in this close proximity with this person, uh, functioning how we function with all of these people, with this one person. And it can be very overwhelming. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think that I think that we have to understand that we are all a product of our environment, mm. of how we've been raised, of how we've communicated with people mm. um, our whole entire lives. And our spouse have to deal with that. Yeah. So it's like, man, like how can God teach us in marriage um, how to serve our spouse better and often he does that by revealing our hearts i was gonna say i I feel like so much of how we argue or how we deal with conflict even is like what we've seen growing up you know like uh, if if someone if all they saw was really intense fights that's probably what they just naturally might model Mm. or they might go to the extreme because i've heard it uh i don't know who told me this but they said that when they were growing up they actually never saw their parents fighting ever. And so now they actually try to avoid conflict in their marriage because they assume that that means that that makes the marriage a good marriage, Mm. which is not true either. Um, The absence of conflict does not mean that there is peace. It could mean that there is passivity, that something is not being addressed because the simple fact that we got two centers means that there always is going to be something that we need to talk through and we need to figure out. And if you just keep sweeping things under the rug, it's like, man, like I feel this way, but I don't, I don't want to communicate. I don't want to, I don't want to argue. Which breeds immense bitterness and loneliness. And so I say all that to say, I think just how we paying attention to our just our pathology, like what we've learned from our parents. That's good. <laughs> is really big and seeing that like man, sometimes some of us we just have to start a new 
a new generation, you know, saying to ourselves, like, I am not going to love my husband. I'm not going to love my wife. I'm not going to communicate with my neighbor in the same way that my parents did. If it was uh, dishonorable. Yeah. Which is hard to do. That's good. That's good. That's good, wife. We should argue today because it's healthy. Um, communication <laughs> is healthy and there it is possible to talk through things well. I don't like arguing. It, it gets on my nerves. Yeah, it does too. Because it, it, it's like, oh, we're in the same house, so we got to deal with this. And then, okay, last thing, because I know people going to say this. So a lot of people would apply the text, don't let your anger go down with the sun. To, like people always do that in marriage counseling. Yeah. Um. Like, how do you li- like? What do you think about that text when it comes to like marriage? Does that mean we need to reconcile before we go to bed? Is is that concretely what it's saying? Um. I don't. I don't think that's what it's concretely. Because you what got it's you got some people that are doing the most. The Bible says, "Hello." The Bible says, "Don't let your anger go down." So we finna talk about this before it get midnight. I think what it's is 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 saying is uh don't be comfortable in this space Hmm. that's what i think it's saying uh i don't think don't let it last yeah don't let it last don't 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 um yeah don't be comfortable in this space i i don't think it's saying that um before midnight we gotta fix this thing (laughs) because it's like i don't think god puts us on time restraints in that way i think that um yeah Yeah, in Matthew Henry's commentary, he said this. He said, let not the sun go down upon your wrath if your anger is excessive, uh, yet let it not be lasting. Be reconciled before the sun goes down. As in, like, this isn't saying, you know, before the sun leaves. It's saying, don't let it last long. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, if you you don't fix it before the sun go down, like, you know, when the sun up, (laughs) as soon as it's up, you should probably try to be working at it. Before you go to work or something. So, <laughs> all right. But yeah, man, uh, I think that's all we have. And we did episode. not argue through this. We didn't. Fun fact: we argued during the last, <laughs> the last part, the last podcast. We did all during we did. church hurt. We we paused it and we had a little situation, and then we pressed play and we got through it. But we weren't. Yeah, we weren't the best. Yeah, we weren't the best. I was kind of mad at her afterwards. That's okay. And then no, we were both were mad and we were quiet and then we didn't talk. And then I prayed and you probably prayed secretly. And then we came back together and we talked about it and, and we worked and it out. We did. Then we had another argument, but our arguments aren't arguments. It's like a awkward. It's like, like yeah, it's I, like a very intense conversation. Yeah. Our arguments is not like hammers. It's like a whole bunch of needles and we just stick anyone. In That's a great metaphor. Yeah. That was imagery. It's like, how, 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 how. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, love, love your neighbors yourself. And all this stuff. And uh, www.withtheparish.com and uh, um, brush your teeth. Today. <laughs>